You're listening to the Drinking with Friends podcast with Dan, Ben, and Mark. Except this week. With Dan and Ben. I mean, with Mark and Dan. <laughs> we haven't even had any drinks. Wow. No, we have not. Because we forget who we are. We are on location. At the alternate bunker site. The it's- Bunker 2. The Bunker 2 is a very homey place. It has a ginormous TV entertainment section area. It's very cool. Also, dogs are allowed on the couch to chill during the podcast, so that's really cool. Darn right they are. And today's special canine guest is Louie. Louie, say hello. Roro. Sounds like Astro and Scooby. Uh... So when... When we first uh, came into the alternate bunker, right, Mark was screening the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert, and I was. The Van Halen section was on, and the singer from the Darkness, uh, what's his name? Justin Hawkins. Yes. No relation. No. Although you never know, it's a small world. Anyway, so well, he I was did, singing I it up. the Van Halen stuff, and he did a really good job considering. I couldn't recognize who he was. From the darkness days to today, he's got a totally different look. So if you didn't know who it was, you'd be scratching your head like, who is this guy? Although the outfit was reminiscent. Yeah. I mean, once you dress in unitards, you know, it's kind of like wearing a Machine Gun Kelly sweatshirt and sweatpants combination. It's very unappealing. There's kind of no going back, if you will. Correct. Speaking of no going back... Where's Ben, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I didn't ask. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think anyone cares. (laughs) He was invited. But he never responded, so... I know that he was busy up until a certain point in time, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the the invite is out there for him to drop by. You know, it's funny that... uh, Technology is failing us at every turn. Yes, we were going to watch the game tonight. It's Monday night, and uh, the plan was to do a little commentary about the game as we're doing the podcast and talk about the Taylor concert and other things, but, you know, we're kind of getting bamboozled. I think it's the location. This bunker is so isolated that technology just doesn't work. Yeah, technology has really been causing a problem for me lately. And, uh, you know, you think you have everything in place. You think you have all your uh, I's dotted and T's crossed. Ducks dotted. The ducks are all in a row and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it still cannot. (laughs) For example, my Apple TV has no idea where it is on this planet. (laughs) It's lost. (laughs) It's lost. Lost Even though I just told it exactly where it is. Yeah. So we can watch reruns of wrestling or, you know. Golden Girls, if you want to do that. Well, uh, Monday Night Raw is on tonight. And so so for those people who are not uh, football fans, you can tune into Monday Night Raw. Hmm. But um, as it is right now, I am still trying to figure out this app where I can be streaming the game. It's possible that I can find the game somewhere else. But you know what I'm going to do? We're going to restart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because technology is our worst enemy. Right. And sometimes 
these devices just need a good night's sleep. Or a kick in the... Or a little power nap. Yeah. And then they can get their shit together. Or general disconnection. Right. We know somebody who's in the IT field, and his classic line is, Did you reboot? What does that mean? Well, just turn off the computer. That's... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the first thing you learn in help desk school. Yes, turn off. You your go computer. through the flow chart, check all the cables, <laughs> turn it off, reboot fifteen times, hold the button down, and let it reboot. Mm-hmm. So, and if all else fails, call somebody who knows what they're actually doing. Wow, that shit was fast. Wow. We can watch the uh, Sydney Poitier biography. We can we can watch anything your little heart desires i will encourage people i just began watching rick and morty i know i'm way behind yeah how many seasons behind are you it's like the fourth season or something yeah so i just started the first season which i'd already seen the first episode but i just watched the second episode the other night and i love it so much so episode two season one rick and morty go watch it it's freaking hysterical is that with garfield um, what is it? Oh, crap. No, it's with Snuffles. So what is this? NFL, NFL.com. <laughs> We're drinking Blood Moon by Ghost Brewing. You know, it's coming up to that best time of year. We're in fall, but Halloween, only about a month away. So we're going to get our fix of horrifying beers, so it should be awesome. Yes. And Ghost Ghost Brewing is, is a very good local brewery by me, see? We just had to switch venues, if you ah, will. And we have we go. the game. And the uh, Cowboys are beating the Giants 6-3, which we Why all they... have to hate the Cowboys because they suck. Was he just talking about Deontay Johnson? Yes. This is the uh, Dallas Cowboys theme song. The Dallas Cowgirls, if you will. Yes. The Cowfarts. Oh. Jones was sacked Ouch. and his shoulder is being removed from his left temple. It was pretty bad. Daniel Jones. No relation Daniel, to Daniel our Jones, Daniel. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel no Jones. No relation to Dan from the Drinking with Friends podcast with Dan and Mark. Because he's unrelatable. So this is Blood Moon. It's very good. Uh-huh. It's a different kind of taste. Blood orange. Very, very cool label. Uh-huh. I don't know what the ABV is because it's darker here in the in the uh, bunker too. Yeah. And uh but it's a very very nice um I don't even know what the heck you would call it. Hold on. Let me shine some light on this. Oh, yeah. Daniel Daniel Jones. Thank you. Ghostbrewco.com if you want more information on Blood Moon. I get sacked every night. Very cool I'm label. Dan Jones. is going to post pictures of it. Yes. Uh, it's a blood orange and cranberry New New England style IPA. So for those of you who don't like the bitterness of an IPA, the extra hoppy IPAs, this is a very nice gateway drug into your IPAs. <laughs> gateway IPA. Yeah. You know, Jeff started with just one sip of this IPA. Now, he's an IPA whore. I should have brought a cooler out here. Yeah. So but this is our first uh, test run here. And I have to say, it's very comfy, very homey. It's a lot of fun here. It's kind of dark, but hey. So actually, Ben helped me bring this couch into Bunker 2. Mm. And uh, it's pretty new. Is it comfy? Yeah, it is. 
The beer's really good. I have to admit, I'm not a big IPA fan, but that's really good beer. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'd love to describe what it looks like, but, you know, it's dark in here. It's scary, too, because if you look at the label, in the dark, in the bunker, too, it's a werewolf. And it can be quite scary. It's a scare wolf. And it's not a swear wolf. No. And that's another show I got to get into. Oh, you have to. Are you anywhere with it? No, I, I caught sporadic parts of different episodes, but I want to start from episode one. The movie I loved it has one of my favorite dudes in it, Jermaine. I would say the TV show is better than the movie. Yeah, so I definitely have to watch. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, and there's also another show with Reese Darby. It's called Our Flag Means Death. I just saw that. And I started catching the first episode, and it's kind of like Flight of the Concords-ish. That same style of humor. I would imagine it's about pirates. Yeah, but he's an English lord, a noble, who just leaves his family. And he gets his ship, and he hires these pirates. And it's just a random group of terrible pirates. And he's gay. (laughs) So, you know, it's really the storylines are pretty funny because... He really doesn't want to kill anybody. He wants to be a swashbuckler without the swash. Well, a lot of swash, but no buckling. Right. If you know what I mean. So his crew is afraid of killing people. They're, you know, they want to have a mutiny because he's trying to include them in all of the decisions. It's like a democracy. Would it's, you maybe call him a swishbuckler? Yes. But it's a, it's really funny. And Reese Starby's a very, very funny dude. So whatever role he's in, he's a one of those scene stealer kind of guys like in Jumanji very funny in Jumanji his little role as the uh, what was the expedition guide or whatever he was I don't know I didn't see it oh well he stole that scene and when he was on Flight of the Concords always you know the scenes with him he played Murray Murray, the manager yes and when they'd have their meetings calm down Jermaine (laughs) and they'd have their meetings and he would say okay roll call Jermaine here (laughs) It was bad. I mean, but that kind of humor was funny. And also, the director who directed um, Jojo Rabbit, he's in it. He plays his partner. And Thor Ragnarok. Yes. And Thor Love and Thunder. Now, I heard a lot of people were complaining about... uh, Taika Waititi. Yes. I enjoyed um, Jojo Rabbit. Very good. It was kind of sad, but it was also really funny. And you take a really dark... What's really cool about it is he took a very dark subject and put a lot of humor into it right. to make it really... A, uh, how can I put it? Um, I don't know. Just examining such a terrible thing, but in the guise of humor, how ridiculous all that stuff was. Right. You know, listening to the fear of the whole thing and being, you know, brainwashed. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. But... The movie was presented in such a way that you laugh at the stupidity of the whole thing. Right. Which makes it, you know, really funny because the kid's, you know, a Nazi. But at the end of the movie, he realizes Spoiler that alert. Spoiler alert. He realizes spoiler that alert. He could have changed alert. his future had he enrolled in Mark C. Drums. Invest in your future greatness. He could have. Instead of investing That's in the right. Fuhrer... He could have invested in the drummer. The future. The future. Invest in your Fuhrer greatness. <laughs> Not the Fuhrer, That's what he but did. the future. And look and what look happened where to he him. went. Yes. Right. So. Well, a lot of people, were you going to talk about Thor Love and Thunder? Or no. Have you seen yeah, that? Um, I don't know. It was a little, 
let me just explain what I've heard from a lot of people. And okay. they all say it's a little bit too uh, goofy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just didn't really work. Right. So that being said, I did see it and I kind of thought the same. That's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and this, 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 I've never, ever said about any other Marvel movie to date. Uh-oh. I almost walked out on it. Really? Yeah. About an hour into it. I almost walked out. Wow. Because it was just so goofy and ridiculous. I was like, I, I, I don't even get this. Yeah. I don't know what they were trying to do. Well, you know, so Hemsworth, who plays Thor. Yeah. Um, He's a funny guy. He's got great comedic timing. He's funny in the Marvel movies. He was funny as Thor in Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, Even in all the other movies that, you know. Right. He was right. in. He had funny, funny parts in all, even like the end of, um, what was it? Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like his conversation with Rocket Raccoon. He called him Rabbit. Right. And that was pretty funny because he's straight faced. Like he's making a joke and he knows it. But so I think between the two of them, because mm-hmm. Hemsworth, he liked that fat Thor character. Uh-huh. He liked the more comedic side of Thor. Oh, wow. How did you drop? We just that watched uh, hands, Cowboys receiver bro. drop a ball that was in his hands. Oh, he's wide open. I'd love to see the replay on that. Yeah. We're in the second quarter and. He blows past two giant City defenders. Lamb wide open. Oh my God. What zone was that? The, oh. the unknown zone. Because that's where the defenders went looked, to the unknown it, zone. It looks like he short armed it because he knew the safety was coming down. Yeah, but look at his arms. Mm. He doesn't reach out for it at all. Look at no. that. I think what the hell? You're a professional wow. receiver. You should have had that. I think that guy makes a bit of money too. At least three dollars an hour, I heard. So um, I think between Hemsworth and Waititi, mm-hmm. they both decided we're going to make a really funny Thor movie. And I think they just went a little too far with it. Yeah, I agree. I don't mind humor, but silliness, ridiculousness, you know, pushed to that level. It was a little much. Well, it takes when it takes away from the story and the characters, then, you know. Right. Why? It almost felt like they sacrificed some of the storytelling mm-hmm. to get some extra jokes in. Yeah. And I didn't like the fact that Gore the God Butcher only killed one god. I mean, he's supposed to be going around killing, killing gods. all of them. Yeah. And we didn't really see a lot of that. But, you know, listen, it's on streaming now. If anybody who hasn't seen it, now you can watch it on Disney Plus for free. I'm going to check it out again. Um, I did enjoy parts of it. And he's a monster. Like, he, he got into ridiculous shape for this role. He almost looks as good as you. And you see his butt. Ew. But um, anyway, but uh, but it's a clean butt. It's not a soil. It's a butt. clean butt. Yeah, and it's only for a second. So <laughs> for you ladies out there, tune in. Yeah, tune in. But so getting back to what were we talking about? The Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Yes, it's a five and a half hour show. The one from Wembley Stadium in from London. From Dudley? No, Wembley. No, do you remember in Spinal Tap? No. Dolby? No, it was Dubly. No, it's Dolby. <laughs> Dubly? Yeah. They're making a Spinal Tap 2 after 50 years. Same people? Yes. It's going to be fucking Michael funny. Michael McKeon? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, yes. I love him. I love all the actors. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because they have such a long history between themselves and also with uh, Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy. Right. They wrote a lot of the uh, follow-up movies after that. and Best you know, in show. Yep. Waiting for, for your Guffman. consideration. Yep. And again, they're so quirky because 
a lot of uh, writers and directors, once they feel comfortable with um, some actors, they'll keep putting them into their movies. And this continues. So whatever movie it is, you'll see a lot of the same characters. Well, not characters, but actors. And, you know, it's like they're having a great time making this film. And it comes across. You can see it. And after all these years, you think about uh, um, SCTV. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I used to watch SCTV. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I used to stay up till all hours of the night. We'd be drunk waiting waiting for it to come on at one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Eugene Levy and um, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh, yeah. Who now star together in Schitt's Creek, which I've never seen, but everybody says it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've seen it. I We watched the whole series. You know, at first, the first season is kind of hard because you know the characters aren't very likable right and like everything else the character development is very important especially to this show and the two levies did it daniel who's uh, eugene levy's son they both wrote it so dale wanted to get into the story into the meat and potatoes of it but then eugene levy said no you gotta let it play itself out and it was perfect the way they did it because by the time you're done watching this everybody's always wanting for more and you know just like any good movie any good song any good tv show if you leave them wanting more you did a good job and this show did yeah and and the fact that it's a father and son duo the fact that Catherine o'hara's in it i saw dan levy a couple of times on like commercials and i didn't really know who he was because i never watched Shit's creek but yeah. i immediately like fell in love with the guy Mm-hmm. Like his personality, he's he's just very charismatic and he's fun and he's got a great personality. Then I realized who it was. Um, and I and I that's one of the things, one of the shows that's on my list. And also I have a long list, too many to watch um, in one lifetime. Levy's depending on which one you're talking about, daughter slash sister is in the as Twyla. Oh, okay. So we're gonna name our dog Maisie Twyla. So that's her middle name. That's a great name. Speaking of dogs, we're getting another one. Are you kidding? No. We're getting Same. her in October. Her name is Mindy. You love the Terriers, don't you? The Scottish You're just Terriers? You're going to get another yeah. Scottish Terrier? Yeah, because our older one, Perry Dog, you know, <laughs> this is going back, but we had two dogs and they bonded. And one of them, he was the greatest dog ever, Jackson, he passed. And for a year... Perry was on his own and he was kind of just out of sorts, not the same. As soon as we got Maisie, he became this new dog. It was so cool seeing him just come out of whatever that was. Right. And he acts like a puppy at times. He's more affectionate. He's just loving life. So we figured, well, he's 11. So I don't know how much time he has left. And we don't want to have her go through that because she's very bonded to him. So we figure he's old. He doesn't want to run around and play as much. But if we had another dog from the breeder that we used before, who we're really happy with Maisie, because she's a wonderful dog. Right. um, This was the last litter. So we figured out what the hell, let's get another dog from her. And this dog, we met her. She has like a crinkled tail. (laughs) So Mindy with a crinkled tail. So it's going to be good. She'll be able to play with Maisie. The two of them could tire each other out and Perry can get some sleep. So right. happy. And I, and I like dogs with uh, uh, distinguishing characteristics. Yeah. Like your dog, for example, Rui. Right. He's got a tat. What else does he have? Well, he's got three teeth 
from the bottom. He's got a little bit of an underbite. He's a Shih Tzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one tooth shoots up into the left. The other one shoots up into the right. Up into the left. The other one the shoots left. straight up the middle. So straight he's up. got the greatest underbite you've ever seen. And he has the tail of a peacock. It's <laughs> fucking unbelievable. Or a Clydesdale. It's unbelievable how long the hair grows off the end of his tail. It's beautiful. So uh, he's 12 also. Wow. Oh, wow. Look at this. Wow. Oh, that oh, was the drop was, from before. Yeah. God, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's awesome. And dogs are angels on earth. And they're oh, yeah. amazing. And we should always take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and rescue dogs and things like that. We should yeah. always be helping out our animals. Because they really do give us gifts just by being there. Yep. I agree 100%. We tried doing the adoption thing. But since Perry... Is the established dog? We got another another Scotty, a male, but they didn't get along. They wound up fighting, so we had to mm. end that. Then we adopted another dog, and we she killed was, him. No, oh. he just went to the farm. <laughs> we took him to the. You that's said where, we had that's to where end ben that. Is I assumed it meant the dog. Yeah. So Dan. So what? When you walked into the bunker, what what was the first thing that caught your eye? Ginormous boxes. Oh. In which. What there lies a drum set. What did those boxes say? Super amazing rolling drum set. Mm. Okay. Proceed Enough with said. caution. Stay tuned to markzdrums.com. Invest in your future greatness. For more Not information. Fear. Not fewer greatness. Future greatness. Stay tuned for more updates on these beautiful giant boxes in the bunker, too. Ooh. I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Mark C. Drums also on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok. And on MySpace. Yes. That's the, where I have the most followers. Yes. And if you send him your beeper number. On MySpace. And Louie has a TikTok. Louie Free Dog on TikTok. Louie Free? Wasn't he with Prince? I don't know. Yeah. They but his, no, name no Louis, his name is Louie Free Dog. Uh-huh. Um, the third yeah but dude what ethnicity what ethnicity oh, wow, nice is pass. a shih tzu chinese yeah i think so hmm. so you weren't gonna call him no, no, i'm not, I'm not gonna it. do don't it don't do it canceled canceled <laughs> canceled alert don't do it yeah what the heck did i want to call him carlos i wanted to call him carlos, carlos danger <laughs> yeah so he is louis carlos free dog zapata the third wow um, Check that out, girls. I don't know why he's the third. Well, he's he likes the number horrible. three. But he's the best little dog. He is. He's on very the planet. Now he's just basically a rug on the couch in between us. Yes, but anyway, I'm petting him now. We are giving away chilling. the location. Some people know where Louis Carlos Free Dog Zapata the Third lives. Hmm. I thought he would hide himself away so he wouldn't be attacked by fans. He's very popular. Yes. So. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have those updates coming on uh, Mark Z Drums all over the socials, Anna.com, and you will see much more new information, plenty of announcements, big news happening in the world of MarkZDrums.com, and I couldn't be more excited and happier. I am truly living the life I want to live. Like, does that mean that you're living the life that includes breathing? Eating, walking the surface of the earth. Yes. That in itself is good enough. Just 
a nomad. Oh, you're a nomad? I'm a nomad. I'm in nomad. No, you're mad? This is a one-off, right? Yeah. So we are going to be hopefully taking the show on the road. I know we've been gone for a while. A lot's been happening yeah. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, which our fans and listeners will be happy to know is all good stuff. <laughs> so, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Me either, I'm done. Have you been watching House of the Dragon? Oh, yeah. I I'm love sorry. that show. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. House of the Dinosaur, it doesn't matter. You know what we're talking about. And if you don't know, find out because it's really you know. good. You love it? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I love it too. I, like, I really love it. I think the writing's a little bit more polished. Yeah. And it's not it doesn't drag at all. No, you know? and it's very character driven and story mm-hmm. driven. It's not driven by violence and sex. It's not driven by But there listen, are both in this show. Yes. But not the the way it was in Game right. of Thrones. I think they kind of learned what works and I think they did a really good job so far. I only got to the third episode. You watched the fourth episode. You said it was really good. Yeah. But the fourth again, episode, I think we're in the fifth of the sixth fifth? episode. Oh, yeah. I re- so I'm one behind. I'm sorry. But the the other thing was with that show, just like the original Game of Thrones, your first perception of a character is like, oh, I hate this guy. Right. Or that, oh, she's such a, you know, whatever. And then as time goes on, those people that you hated, you kind of you're rooting for them, mm-hmm. you know. And the people that you thought were nice, you want them dead. And that's great writing. Yes, and, and I, I see the same in this show too. And I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I was not a fan of the final season, the way it wrapped up. No, the ending was terrible. I think HBO is cursed with the worst endings of big series like The Sopranos. Terrible ending. Right. Um, Game of Thrones, all the build-up, even the, the epic battle was awesome. All that stuff was leading up, and you're thinking, all right, this has got to be a good ending. What's going to happen? What a disappointing letdown. That's why I, I didn't want to invest any time in the new show right. until people started saying it's really good. I remember the wall coming down in Game of Thrones near the end, and that was unbelievable because mm-hmm. that was like a jaw-dropping moment. Oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Um, what The problem with the end of the original series was that it was not based on any books. Yeah. They kind of took the story and developed the final season on their own, which was a huge mistake. Yep. Um, I believe this show is so good because it is based on the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on a book. It's about the history of, of the Targaryens. Um, and the the I guess it's 300 years before Game of Thrones or 200 years before mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Um, and it's great because a lot of the houses you know from Game of Thrones are represented in this show. So you get to see the ancestors of the people that you knew from Game of Thrones. More dragons, but again, character development, storylines, mm-hmm. um, intrigue, drama, great acting. It's the intrigue part that I, great that I really like. Yes. I because love it. you're thinking it's going to go one way and it takes a, a turn. And that's, that's good writing and that's... A, the big key to that show right and and it's like i said totally based on characters acting story mm-hmm. it's not you know it, it's the the violence is for a very good reason to advance the story there are things that happen in this show that is that are very game of thrones mm-hmm. and when you look at this you're like mm, yeah 
that's that's right out of that time period that's kind of what we're used to from these characters um, yeah I, I can't say enough good things about it it's phenomenal i think it's phenomenal yeah I'm, I'm hooked on it i think it's awesome we didn't see it sunday night because we had company over and stuff and you know that's the kind of show you have to pay attention to you can't be sleepy yes. you'll miss a lot and they it's it's the way they tell the story it's not cryptic at all like you can understand what's going on, but mm-hmm. you don't feel food uh, food fed. You don't feel spoon fed. You really don't fe- feel spoon fed by the show. A <laughs> goon fed. You really feel like okay, the way the story plays out, I get it, I understand. How about if you want to just think about? Um, do you want to talk about a storyline real quick? Or not? Sure, sure. Okay, the princess when she was compromised by her uncle. Mm-hmm. Now. The hand said his informant had come to him right. and let him know. Now, if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, the hand is the chief advisor to the king. Correct. So he trusts him explicitly. So when the hand tells the king that his daughter was seen in a brothel with her uncle, and let me be a little vile, dry humping and all this crazy stuff. Right. It gets back to him, and he's livid. He's like, how the hell do you make an accusation like that? And he says, well, I was told by an informant that said that he saw them. Now, it seems like that whole thing was planned out. Right. By either her uncle and the hand together, or the hand or the uncle. But there's a lot of weirdness in the relationship between the princess and her uncle. Where are you really thinking that they really have some kind of thing going on? And he used that to his advantage to, you know, disgrace the princess so she could never be queen. Right. So the problem with this whole scenario is the heir to the throne. We start the season with the king. His wife is pregnant. Everything's great. He's hoping to have an heir because they've been through this before and she's miscarried. And she's had a daughter, and that was it. But she's miscarried every time. She's kind of done with it. She's getting older. She can't do it. But this final pregnancy, they're hoping it's a boy. Um, She has some complications during delivery, and they do like an emergency, I would call it a medieval C-section, to save the baby because it's breached. So they do it, and as a result, the queen dies. And... And in a very, very brutal yeah. scene, uh, which I think is 100% necessary to show the brutality of the world that they live mm-hmm. in. Um, very well done. Very disturbing. Um, but these are the tools that they have. This well, is- not only that, but it shows uh, the savagery of the decision. In other words, right. he knew what was going to happen to his wife. She wasn't going to live. But and he, was he wanted so to have an heir, for an heir yes. so bad, a male heir, that he would sacrifice his wife. He didn't care about the consequences. He just wanted that heir. But as fate would have it, the child is born. It's a boy. So he's happy, but the child dies after a day. Yes. So now he lost his wife and he lost his son. So what happens next? Well, the only person in line would be his daughter but in this world at this time women will not be accepted as the rulers of anything of any of the houses so that's another storyline how they're showing how women are treated and that's going to qualified or not yeah 
So anyway, there's a lot of different things going on with regard to who's going to succeed him, um, the claims on the throne. So that's where all the intrigue begins. So now there's no male heir. So he decides to circumvent his brother, who's a pretty much a, a, a narcissistic whack job kind of guy. Yeah. He's, he has a, a long, ugly, mean streak in him. He's very selfish and self-centered, just like anybody else in that position, I guess. <laughs> you know, He would not be the best choice to be king, no. To be king, no. And his brother, the king, knows that. So what's he going to do? So now he's in this predicament. So he decides that and he's going to... I think everybody knows that, too. Yeah, everybody knows that because they're like, you can't have your daughter. Nobody respects women. She can't be queen. No way. She can be a figurehead next to a king, but why don't you marry her? And then whoever her heir is, her child is, could become king, you know, or he, the king, has to get remarried. And they all fear war. They all feel as though if she does ascend to the throne, that there will be all out war. Because she would be weak. Right. And as we see later on in the Game of Thrones, the strongest characters were women. Absolutely. The strongest leaders, characters behind the scenes that controlled the men were the women. As kind we of a, can see in our world today. Yes. The women. You know, I don't know. Let's give the girls a chance, please. Elect them to presidents, prime ministers, whatever. See if they can do a better job. I oh, think yeah. I think they might. This I agree. political moment uh, diatribe has been brought to you by the halftime show. The Drinking with Friends podcast with Dan and Mark approved this message. Without Ben. I don't like his salmon suit, though. No. I don't know. It works on him, though. Yeah, I guess so. I couldn't wear that. I'd be left out of town. Get yeah. out of town. These Dan ex-football players, really, they really know Dude, how to dress, yeah. man. I, where do you go to get these suits? The colors, it's like they invent these freaking wow, colors. Wow, the bronze. Wait, hold on a second. Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett. Involved in a single Ooh. car accident after practice. Oh. oh, so he lived. Oh, he made it. Oh, Mark hates him. High ankle sprain, like to miss games. Mac Jones, torn bicep. Rashawn Slater, sprain. torn bicep. Trent Williams, high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, how are you? <laughs> so how do you feel about your Giants? Your New York football Giants. Dude, just like... 2-0. I feel like being a Cubs fan, you're always waiting for the bottom to drop out. And locked in a life or death struggle with the Cowboys down... <laughs> What six is it? three six three <laughs> the battle of the field gold at halftime with with uh gingerbread what's his name gingerbread uh at quarterback for the cowboys because uh, dak prescott's out yeah isn't that kind of effed up how the cowboys are so snake bitten i think the guy's a ginger yeah you know like the like the red rifle or the red rocket the red rocket Andy rifle Dalton. Or the Little Red Rocket, the South Park episode? He was supposed to... He's called the Red Rifle, but I like to call him the Red Rocket because I... The Red Rider? I think he was a dog's dick when he played football against the Steelers. <laughs> but, uh, oh, nice cat. How about Trubisky? Douche. How do you like him? Bisky? Bisky. Yeah, his name is Bisky, by the Bisky, way. If you're going to talk to me Trubisky. about him, it's Bisky. So, um, what do you think of Bisquick? I I think he's doing a great job. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, he's doing a great job. Yeah. Um, amid, uh, amid enormous pressure from the fan base and the media to bring in the rookie who is probably not ready and I think the coaching staff knows it mm -hmm. and that's why they haven't brought him in and they probably won't bring him in 
until at least after the bye week later on in the season, if they even bring him in. Now, what's your opinion on a lot of the newer rookie quarterbacks coming in? Well, you see what's happening around the league. You have a a couple of young quarterbacks. You have Josh Allen from the Bills tearing it up. Mm -hmm. But he went through his adversity and he worked hard to become the quarterback he is now. But he didn't start off that way. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Yeah, he just got hurt. He just got hurt, but he turned out to be a great player right off the bat. Exactly. And it's so messed up how he became a starter. And did you know that, uh, what the hell's the quarterback's name? He's suing the team doctor who punctured his lung. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Dude, how can a team doctor puncture a player's lung like that? That's insane. Oh, wow. The Bucks are evacuating Tampa as the Hurricane Ian, Ian mm. looms. Eons. Wow. Oh, wow. If moved, they'll play the game, but at a neutral site in the Midwest. Wow. That's- in Kansas, because that's where all the hurricanes, I mean, the uh, tornadoes are. Well, they'll go, to, they'll go to Brown Stadium. Oh, yeah. Nobody goes there. Nobody goes there. <laughs> Wow. And my kid, my uh, my nephew and his family and my dad are down in the Tampa area. My mom's Tampa on the other water. side. She's and we're the going side. there this coming Sunday. So I'm hoping that, you know, it spares her hmm. and your family too. But, you know, the, the track goes from Yeah, I like how you west, mentioned my family second. But go ahead. From the West Coast and then through Central Central Florida. So yeah. that's not cool. They're actually, that where they're at, um, they're near a town called Safety Harbor. Because it's safe? It's because it's it's a very safe part of Florida. Mm-hmm. They do not get hit by a lot of hurricanes. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully your mom's okay. And your dad and your cousin, nephew, yeah. everybody. And uh, and Rocky, the dog. Mm-hmm. Everybody very loves dog Rocky. Out there. So, so we were talking about the uh, House of the Dinosaurs. Yeah. And, you know, we'll wait and see how this develops. You're uh, episode ahead of me. And I'm looking forward to catching up. And a lot of cool dragons. I think the budget for the show, the special effects, are awesome. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. I'm very happy with that. Not so much for She-Hulk. Marvel is really losing me lately. Dude, they're milking the cow that's dry. They're it's, really yeah. they're, they're pumping out dust. It's bad. It's really bad. And I blame Disney for that. Absolutely. Because, you know... They're talking about these uh, VFX artists, like, given impossible deadlines. And this is what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You're getting terrible VFX. Yeah. Because, there's, they, you know, they can't do the work in, in when they're expected to do it. You know, they're overworked. It's, it's, it's really bad. I'm really disappointed in the way uh, Marvel is going. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of big budget movies that they put out, not a fan you know what? You brought up a really good point. I think a lot of people have like, it's oversaturated. It's like, give it some breathing space. Way too much. Yeah. Let it go for a little bit. Don't bring out anything else. Try to develop something new if you're, you know. When they came out with the Disney Plus platform, they started developing TV shows that would be interconnected with the films. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, these TV shows, with the exception of a couple, have not been really great. Yeah. And Loki was really good. Yes. Um, WandaVision was really good. Yes. And then, but Moon every Night, eh. every couple of months, you're getting a different show. And this year, I guess after the pandemic, mm-hmm. where production really slowed down, I think they're trying to maybe make up some lost ground by releasing a ton of movies and a ton of TV shows in one year. It's it is a little too much. 
Yeah, but and then... I was a huge fan up until Endgame. But after Endgame happened, mm-hmm. I was like, what's going to happen next? And it was just a whole lot of nothing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this song's for Ben. Please but I'm stop very happy now. with House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not started watching Rings of Power yet because I don't want to... Like, I'm, I'm doing something that I don't usually do. Like, I'm What's saving that? my attention... You're saving yourself for marriage? For House of the Dragon. That's where my attention mm. is. I don't want to split my attention between too many different shows. Or too many shows that are kind of similar, like in, very yes. dramas that are set in like right. a fantasy world. Right. You know, we'll watch one show like that, which is House of Dragons, or and then we'll watch something else, you know, a comedy. I'm watching House of the Dragon and She-Hulk because they're so different. So how is uh, She-Hulk? I can't even I, talk tonight. Holy crap. I like it. Yeah. Aside from the special effects, it's kind of like a legal comedy and Tatiana uh, Mislani, mm. who was in Orphan Black, um, and she was very popular on that show. Yeah. But I never really saw her in that. I think she's charming. She's wonderful. She's mm-hmm. cute. She's adorable. She's very, very likable. So I like the show. Okay. So those two things are, are what I'm watching right now. Um, the story is a little thin. It mm-hmm. does tie in a little bit with Hulk because it is She-Hulk, her cousin. Ah, There's so a Hulk storyline. There's ask going to be more this Hulk question in the Mark, future. Can you answer this? I'm what? sorry to interrupt, yeah. but how did she become She-Hulk, for those who don't know? Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who's not seen the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a little bit of Hulk's blood in her, in her bloodstream. Now, wait. That's her cousin? Yeah. Hmm. Sounds kind of, you know, Ozarky. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't watch the show. No, by that, people in the Ozarks interbreeding. Oh. Yeah, no, it's not anything. Oh, okay, good. So what happened? It was a little hokey how they did it, but, um, you know. You would figure it'd be a better way of becoming, you know, the Hulk. Well, in the comics, she was either in an accident or Mm -hmm. something. She was in the hospital. She needed blood. And she and got she Bruce got blood Banner's from Bruce blood. Bla- Bruce Bluth Bladder. Blanner. From Bluth Bladder. Bladder. Yeah. They got Bluth Bladder's blood. <laughs> so say that ten times says that's Bluth what happened. blood. They did it more accidentally this uh-huh. time. Eh, you know. Yeah. And really we're talking about VFX. They've managed to have her change into She Hulk without anybody ever seeing it to save on the VFX budget. Oh, which so she leaves into another room. Really or? hokey. Like you see, you'll see her reflection in a, in a reflective surface, but it's wow. not a mirror. So you see the transformation happen. Like you know, they'll cut away and they'll cut back, and she's she Hulk. And so, just, dude, you're saying the Incredible Hulk TV show with Bill Bixby had better effects? Yeah, remember that? Remember that <laughs> gif? Yeah, with the bear. Throws he the throws bear. a bear. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I loved it. And then. All the other so gifts funny. where he throws this, that, beats up this guy and that guy. Oh, it's the best. Because they're terrible effects. They're terrible. But that's There's a what certain it was. charm in that. Yeah. But then you have to understand that was in the 70s. Whereas this is 2000, what, 22? Last time yeah. I checked. Well, I want to go back to Thor Love and Thunder okay. because I actually watched the um, uh, Assembled, Avengers Assembled or Assembled mm-hmm. TV show. On Disney Plus, it's a behind-the-scenes look at how they made Thor Love and Thunder. Uh-huh. And that made me like the movie a little bit better. They did a lot of practical effects. They put a lot of time and energy into the sets and really, uh, you know, 
making an immersive world mm -hmm. in the film. So aside from the goofiness and all of that stuff, I do admire the way the movie was made. But practical effects, can you explain what that is? Uh, more makeup-based stuff. Oh. They decided because Christian Bale is the villain playing mm -hmm. Gore the God Butcher, they did not want to take away his face mm -hmm. because he's such a great actor. They wanted him to be able to use his face. Yeah. So they didn't do motion capture. They didn't change his appearance. Mm -hmm. They did it practically. Okay. Uh, which I think was a great decision because you let the actor be the actor. You don't cover him up in all kinds of special effects. Yeah. And the character didn't really need it. Right. And the sets and things like that. Um, you know, instead of CGI background or shooting it on the volume, which is how they shot the Mandalorian with the giant screens. Yeah, I like that. And, and that show worked. Oh, yeah. I think it it's great. a really cool technology. Mm -hmm. It's actually based on a video game engine that, mm -hmm. that ran the Quake games. And, oh. um, I forget what the heck it's called, but I knew what it was. You remember how when some brand new video games would come out, everybody would say, oh my God, it looks like you're playing in a movie. Yeah. And how that technology is now in the movie. And, yeah. You know, it's awesome. I, I like the way that they are using video game technology mm -hmm. and game engines to make the background move in such a way that it works with what's mm -hmm. actually live in the shot. Yeah, but that goes to spending a lot of time getting it right instead yeah. of rushing through production and doing a half-assed job. Oh no, she's turning into the Hulk. Wait, look, squirrel. And then she's, you know, you see her in the mirror. Yeah, right. You see Doug from Up. He comes around, oh, squirrel. You see her shoes break <laughs> and her feet get big and all of a sudden she's the Hulk. That's great. Should, should we tell everybody where Ben is? Because I'll tell you right now. I'll Spoiler alert. Here it is. Ben spoiler is- alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Ben is She-Hulk's foot double. <laughs> so they spray paint. Well, they don't have to even paint his feet green because he's got like toe infections and they're green. So he just puts his size smaller, steps down, and his talons pop out. Ben is He-Hulk. He's <laughs> he She-Hulk. And he has plantar <laughs> fasciitis. <laughs> ben is They-Hulk because his... <laughs> ben his, identifies itself as it. His pronoun is they. <laughs> or What? <laughs> I heard the oh. actress that now uh, plays Rhaenyra Targaryen mm -hmm. uh, identifies as they, them. Really? Yeah. Is that like a Hollywood thing? or I don't really understand any of that shit, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to comment on it. I just wanted to say that uh, I guess when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, she's more than one person. That's yeah. wonderful. She's split personality, just like Ben. So if you were in a conversation and you pointed and said, oh, she told me. She'd be like, I mean, that like, person would be like, wait, uh -uh. Uh -uh. stop. What? What did I do? Did I offend you? Oh, yes, you did. Okay. Yes, you did. I am a they, them. If you want to talk about me, then say they told me. So you're like a plural, like Dirks Bentley. Right, right. Because Dirks oh. is more than one person. They told me that this is this is this. Oh. Who, who's they? Right there. That first, that single them, day over there. Those people. <laughs> those people sitting across from you. How many? I only see one. Yes. <laughs> they are there. They are there. They're, that's I identify them. as me, and I really don't care how people identify themselves. No, that's up to them. That's right. I could care less. It's more work, though. And you're going to put everybody through that? Well, I, I don't care how you identify yourself. Number one, if I don't know you and you're giving me the whole rundown about that, I don't want to know you because it's way too much time. 
I'm yeah. in the elevator trying to get the F out when I say, hi, ma'am, good morning. And then you assault me because I'm just trying to be, you know, courteous and cordial. How dare you know. identify me as I, a woman? Yeah, or identify you as a man or whatever. I identify as human from Earth or Earthling. How's that? But then a cat and a dog could be an earthling, that's, too. That's a stretch, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, human or earthling? I think we're going to take a break. Oh, yeah? And for the first time in the history of the Drinking with the Friends podcast with Dan mm-hmm. and Mark, we are going to take <laughs> a break. Oh, okay, cool. In the short story history. We'll be back in a moment with more great content. Even better than that. Dan, go get us some beers. Okay. I get lost in this bunker. It's very, very different. Go straight down the corridor. Mm-hmm. Is that past the steel doors? Yes, and you'll see a giant uh, cooling station. Okay. And in that cooling station, is that by the nuclear reactor? Full of beer. Yes, right next to the nuclear reactor. Okay. But don't open the big door that looks like a refrigerator on the nuclear reactor or you'll die instantly. Well, what if I want to die? What if I don't want to live? Well, then I'm going to have to get up and get my own beer. Oh, that's a tragedy. Not that I die, but that you have to get up. (laughs) There is a Dubco IPA in there that you can bring me. And then you, if you just look... Around, you can see all the wonderful types of beers that I have in there. The ones that I brought for the Drinking with Friends birthday blast? Some of them, yes. (laughs) Those aren't expired, just so you know. No, no. I've I've drank in them all. Actually, I brought a bunch of them to the live stream Mm -hmm. that we did um, upstate in Mount Vernon. Oh, I thought you meant in prison. No. And, uh, And they were a big hit. Oh, good. So I was able to get rid of some of those excess drinking with friends beers. Yes. We should have like a charity where we give beers to the beerless. We have, we have our coffers are overflowing. Yes. And being that we're approaching that season, that time of year, Thanksgiving and then uh-huh. Christmas, maybe we'll do that. We'll have a beer drive. I've been having, um, I've been dabbling in the pumpkin uh, cold brew at Duncan, which oh, yeah? is actually pretty good. Pumpkin spice, baby. Yeah, it was some kind of pumpkin cold brew or some shit with mm-hmm. some with some sweet, you know, foam on top. Um, very, very heavy in the sugar department, but yeah, also very, very caffeinated. Wow! But, so you were uh, wired. Oh yeah, but I needed it because I was dragging ass to band practice one night. Mm-hmm. And I needed a jolt, and that was really Mark, good. she's pregnant. Ah, that woke you up. Yeah, really. That's where Ben actually is. He's incarcerated. <laughs> yeah, he's you know impressing him. He's trying to impersonate a man, but it's just not. Nobody buys it. He's changed his name from Ben to Bun. <laughs> anyway, so all right, we're going to take a beer break and then come back and talk about more stuff. So chill with us. Feel the vibe. There is no vibe. Put Why? Because we're break stress music on. free. What? Put some break music on. Okay. So what? What's good? Look break at music? Daniel Jones. Holy crap! Man. Mrs. Jones is running and sliding. Look they at that. They still only have three points. How is that? Every time I look at the screen, he's running around the field and completing. They passes. call that running for your life. Why do they only have three points? Because they suck. This entire league is moving towards what? Uh, running quarterbacks, and this guy can do it, man. Daniel Jones. Well, that was the thing. Eli couldn't run. No. And with a shitty offensive line, you're dead if you can't run. It was like uh, Roethlisberger in the last yeah. couple of years. He couldn't move. He couldn't move. Too many motorcycle crashes, hits to the head, rape charges. That, Dude, that, that guy got sacked a shit ton. 
yeah, throughout did. his career. And at the end of his career, you see all that equipment he was wearing? Pads over pads over body armor over Kevlar vests. Yeah, and, and you can tell he no longer wanted to get hit. Yeah, no. Which just, was another problem. You get older. Dude, even when you're young, these guys are pounding you. They're, oh, yeah. Hell they're yeah. They're huge and they're fast, and you're dead meat. You're a quarterback. You're dead. There's a price on your head. I have a bounty on. You don't even have to have a bounty on. They're dead. You know? That's why that position is so brutal. But if you're good, you're a legend. Right. If you suck, you're a nobody, and nobody remembers you. And if you happen to be on a good team that really values line play and puts together a strong offensive line that keeps you upright and, and has safe. Guys who are running backs that can block, tight ends that can block. Right. You're going to save a lot of mileage on your quarterback. Yeah, like Tom Brady always had, which is yeah. why he's still playing at this level. At 45. At his age, yep. What is it, 55 now? It keeps going every day. I don't know. Even though he's having relationship is issues with Gazelle. Oh, Jones wow. got hammered. Wow, did he lose 20 yards on that side? <laughs> he ran for 15 and lost 20 on that. <laughs> oh, I think it was first and 15 anyway, wasn't it? I don't know. Sack. Donovan Didn't Wilson. even see him. Oops. Oh. oh. I saw him a little bit too late. Yeah, when he was on the ground. <laughs> okay, so, Dan. Yeah. It's getting awfully dry in here. Yeah, it is. These I'm, pretzels I'm are making me thirsty. 311. But I'm going to go get... What did you, what'd you want? A dubstep beer? There's a Dubco IPA in there. It's right in the front on the left <sighs> of the beer shelf. This new freaking bunker is confusing. I'm going to use the map. I'll You're going to be very impressed when you see what's in that fridge in that in that cooling unit. dead bodies heads yeah now that's in the freezer otherwise they smell we'll be right back folks Thank you, sir. Thank you. And we're back. Pretty mellow. So right now I'm drinking a 6.1% ABV. Mm. Dubco IPA, Destination Unknown Beer Company, right here in beautiful Bayshore, New York. Where this bunker is not located, but the brewery is. By the way, I will be posting. What did you get? I Dan got... grabbed a Coors. Yeah. I'm keeping it old school, yo. What's up? Take a sip from the Rocky. What the hell's the name of what, what? What's their tagline? Yeah, I will be posting. Somebody peed in the river and we made beer out of it. That's a tagline. Wow! Look at that catch right there in mm -hmm. the defender's hands. I will be posting video of my experience at the Dubtoberfest, which took place at Dubco, Destination Unknown Beer Company, uh, where they had twenty-one plus local brewers come and give out samples wow and uh samples. they had food and dj and music and all kinds food. of fun stuff and uh DJs. they gave out prizes music for uh, prizes. 
who you know a people's choice award people's the choice. top three went to number one was um number one spider bright spider bite brewery spider bite number two came in second was um po boy po boy number two which had a very nice lime beer lime? that my friend was obsessed with lime, lime? And coming in third was Uber Geek Brewery. Uber Geek. For the Uber Geek in you. So, a really good day, beautiful weather, good food from Gina's Wiener's food, uh, food truck. <laughs> Is that like the chicken ben, schnitzel Benjamin's was delicious? Vaginas? <laughs> Gina's Wiener's. Wow. Spelled like it sounds. Yeah. It's kind of like, do you want mustard on that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Very good. Oh, there's Dak sleeping. I think I will become a vegetarian. Instead of playing on Monday Night Football. Yeah, we're watching a commercial with Dak laid back, sleeping on his sleep number bed because he's injured. When hasn't he been injured? I don't know, man. I think he's been injured more time than he's actually been on the field, right? I think so. fractured leg. You being a Cowboys fan, you'd know better than I. Dude, I'm a football fan. That's why I hate the Cowboys. They're not a real team. I'd rather stick with my basement-dwelling freaking Giants and become a stupid-ass loser Cowboy fan. Well, listen. All you got to do is score four more points, and you'll win this game. Yeah. So uh, you're well on your way. (laughs) It's tied at six. It's like a bad baseball game. Oh, is it tied at six? They just kicked a field goal? Yeah. After all that yardage that they chewed up. Wow. Let's settle for a field goal. Okay. Oh, I can pay for shit with my Apple Watch? Oh, man. I have to look into that. Yeah. Just get Ben's credit card number and link it, and then you're set. So, uh, the description and the title for this episode when I post it will be... What? Uh, the Taylor Hawkins Tribute Show, but we've said nothing about it so far. So Do you want to talk about that? We're going to talk about it now. Okay. And sorry to have dragged you along through all of this. Just to hear our thoughts. That's just us. We do that kind of stuff all the time, as you well know. Also, now that football season has resumed, Uncle Mark's football show with Justin is back on the air. Timberlake? No. Or Bieber? No. Oh. Justin Hawkins from the darkness. Oh, I thought it was just in time. Boom, boom. Where's where's my... Hold on. Are the sound effects working? Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for showing up. We Ten missed you guys. Joke. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's on wherever you get your podcast. Uncle Mark's football show with Justin. Um, anyway, Taylor Hawkins. Yes. Unfortunately, very, very uh, early departure for him from this earth. Yes. Oh, and uh, <laughs> Louis disrupting Louis, shit. Louis, Louis becoming playing, a sound engineer. And he's playing re- the disruptor today. He's uh, repositioning microphones as we speak. Dude, I'll he's catch a, one for he's you. He's a you big fan of Dan. Yes, so is everyone. Actually, I'm the non. <laughs> I identify as non-offensive, dog friendly. Louis is a very loving little animal. Yes, he is. Very good song. Louis played sitar. So. Uh, before we get into the Taylor Hawkins mm-hmm. tribute show, um, I couldn't be happier with this song reminded me for some reason because my student bands have picked some really, really cool tunes to play for this this semester's show. 
Um, and they just get down, man. They, they get down to it. They work. They come in and they just play their asses off. And they're 14 years old. Mostly girls. I have one boy in two bands. Hmm. Mostly girls, 14 years old. And Mark is very happy. One boy in two bands. It's incredible. These girls are awesome. And uh, so, yeah. So they outwork the boys then. They kind of do. They kind of do. They're very talented singers, like everything. So I'm Mm -hmm. really super psyched for this semester. And I really love working with my students. So do you find that there's a lot of uh, female bass players? We have a couple of really good female bass players. That's awesome. Because that's one of the instruments that kind of gets overlooked. I mean, there's not much. It's not a sexy thing. Right. Usually it's like the person who's the least talented of the group plays the bass. Or the person that's the hardest on the eyes, if you know what I'm saying. Right. They're kind of kept in the background. You know, most bass players are not like front men, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we have a great example of that. But anyway, um, (laughs) no, we we have a couple of like really good, solid bass players. It's Mm -hmm. it's really, really cool. And I have one of the girls in one of my bands is a drummer and she's learning to play bass. So she's now playing bass in one of the bands. She's doing a great job, man. She really, really is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. Good. So, you know. Any girl, female guitar players? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're probably awesome. Four of them. Really, really good. Oh, that's great. Um, so, you know, that kind of segues into this because mm-hmm. we lost a great musician in Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And besides him being a great musician, if you talk to anybody who's met him or knows him or played with him, he was just an awesome dude. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really important for us to keep music going. And it starts with our young people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I take my work very, very seriously. I try to do everything I can to kind of pass on my experience and knowledge to the younger people who want to work in music, whether it's a hobby or a career or whatever they want to do, uh, because we need people to create music. We need the young people to, to love music and make music. And not just the digital end of it, but the actual playing and learning an instrument. Absolutely. And that's that's great that you do the digital end and you can, you know, you know sample stuff and use synthesizers, all kinds of electronic devices to create music. That's all great. But it's nice to actually learn an instrument just for the sake of learning the instrument. Right. And applying that to whatever music you're going to make. I mean, if you know how to play drums, you can apply that technique and stuff and the nuances of playing drums because it's not just hitting stuff. There's a lot that goes believe it or not there's a lot that goes into it yeah the way that you control your body all that good stuff it, it's not just hitting things and a lot of people are under the concept that oh drums are easy no they're there's not because different parts it. of your body are doing different things at the same time right and if you're a good drummer you make it look so easy just like a, a good musician guitar player bass player they fly up and down the fretboard and you know they make it look like oh that's easy i see this guy do it looks easy no it's not hours and hours of practice yeah and that's the point all that time dedicated to learning your instrument and a real love for the instrument and a real love for music which sometimes i have to teach my students an appreciation for music because they come in young Mm -hmm. and they like to play drums but they don't really listen to music at this point so we sit and we spend some time in the lesson and we listen to different songs and i ask them what they think and what they're hearing and you know things like that but 
if you're a musician and you can make people feel something mm -hmm. with what you're doing, whether if you're a drummer and people are dancing, or you're a guitar player and you know and you grab people's attention, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that's that's the magic of it. That's the beauty of yep. it. But that being said, the tribute concert had a lot of moments like that where there was a lot of these little flashes of wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. And it's reaffirming all these people, the musicians who cared about him, really love the music. And that's what drives them all, puts them all together in that place. Right. It's their love of music. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever beefs they had or don't have. That doesn't play a part of it at all. It's just the love of the music and the guy. So and it's a great combination. To, yeah. And they're there to all celebrate, mm -hmm. like you said, and play with whoever walks on stage. I mean, there's a certain amount of planning that goes on. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that just kind of like, it's like cross-pollination, you know? Yeah. But then that's what music should be about. Yeah. You celebrate the music, you know? And I love when people that maybe know of each other or look up to each other, all of a sudden they find themselves on stage together because this tragedy happened. Mm -hmm. You know, and people that maybe have always wanted to jam together and play with each other. Or, or just meet each other. Or just meet each other. This one looks up to that one. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're on stage. His his uh, cover band, uh, Chevy Metal. Yeah, um, they were hugely popular, and it was a fun project. But it mm -hmm. was also like a star-studded project because they got a lot of guests that came in, big musicians that came in and jam with them and played with them. Yeah. Um, but they brought them out on stage and they played a couple of their original songs. Mm -hmm. And the guy looked up and he said something to Taylor and he says, "Look, your boys are playing Wembley." You know, and it's just like shit like that. Yeah. Like they probably never would have done that. No. But I'm not sure if. Um, That's not really a penalty. Yeah, I know, but they called it because it happened. We're watching a play where Jones got hit as he's running towards the sideline, but he was still in bounds when I guess the uh, Cowboys defender hit him and knocked him out of bounds. But he did it on the wrong side of the field. In other words, he did it in front of the Giants bench. So oh, everybody right. on the bench jumps up. And after like a delay, the ref throws a flag. <laughs> His foot was going out of bounds. Yeah. But. He was still in bounds. He was still in bounds. And he had just run the sideline like five yards before that. So what's to stop him from oh, keep wait. running? The, <laughs> there are three fouls. Two on the Giants and one on the Cowboys, so they offsetting penalties. Oh wow, that's even dumber, you know. Unsportsmanlike wow. conduct. Cowboys caught a break on that one. Oh, because he came off the bench. Yeah. Listen, you know, a guy's running down the sideline. He's tiptoeing the sideline. You don't know if he's going to step out of bounds. Yeah. You have to make sure he's going out of bounds. Yes, that's why you shove him. That's why you shove him. He I, I don't think he didn't that should be a do a dirty hit or anything. And I'm a Giants fan, and I didn't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I don't either. There, there's a little too much protection going on in general of these mm. players. Yeah, but all right, we're talking about Taylor, but we were watching football, so this reminds me of a little bit too much protection for the quarterbacks. Now, looking back at your old Steelers team with Terry Bradshaw, that right. period of time, quarterbacks, it was open season, and they, them guys got their asses pounded. Hand, you know, hands down, the most deadly period of time to be a quarterback. I would definitely encourage anybody who's a fan of football and watches football today, especially if you're a younger person, go look on YouTube. Go watch games from the 70s. Yeah. Those look were blood fests. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Those guys would be bloody messes. And, and the size of the equipment they wore, mm -hmm. 
Like it was a totally different game. The and, pads were like nothing. And and the 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 rules and how different they are today. Do yourself a favor. It'll be an eye-opening experience if you've yeah. never seen. I grew up watching games at that time, and um, the game has changed quite a bit. And there were dirty teams, like the Raiders were one of the dirtiest teams. And sure. They made a, a, a practice of doing as much as they could get away with to, yep. to injure other players on other teams. And then, you know, the Steelers, their defense was overwhelming, and they were a hard-hitting team, you know. Yeah. There so many guys in that period of time that were just animals, no teeth, you know, because they got knocked out because animals. Yeah. But then Chuck. the game changed. I don't know if those guys would be able to play in the league now because it's so different. It's based on speed and agility. Meanwhile, those guys may not have been as fast, but they were like heavyweight boxers. Yeah. So I compare it like a heavyweight match with a heavyweight and a middleweight. Yeah. Modern players are the middleweights, and the older players are the heavyweights. They're they're big. They can take a hit, but they don't move as fast. And the right. game's gotten so much faster. They would be seeing people run past them, kind of like this play. Wow, look at Saquon. Oh, go. yeah. Go, Saquon. Go, Saquon. Yeah. Now, there was a guy called Chuck Bednarik was his name. Chuck was betting Eric. And if, and if um, memory serves me, or if I'm even speaking about the right guy, he... His claim to fame was that he played both offense and defense. Yeah. So he played the entire freaking game. Yeah. Both on both ends, sides of the yeah. ball. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I'm just thinking about uh, the old no-name defense, the doomsday defense. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you the think purple of the, people eaters. Yeah. All, but it was all about crush. the defense. You don't hear it, you know. I love defense. That's yeah. my favorite part of the game. But then it's a different mentality where you're going out to actually hit somebody. Yeah. You're not out there to catch the ball. You're not out there to run past anybody. You're not out there to block. You're out there to hit. It's a different mentality. You have this to be. has become an offensive league. Mm -hmm. The league is pushing offense. They're changing the rules. It's sexy to, to watch it. a high-scoring game yeah. versus a defensive nothing-nothing game to the fourth quarter. But the rules have been changed to promote that offense. Mm-hmm and to bring in more viewers and stuff so and also to take care of the offensive players there's so much that is called against defensive players right. you know everything's pass interference everything's holding you know come on dude there when was a, a five-yard bump and now even that when you think about how kids growing up playing uh high school ball college ball and then they make it to the pros and they've learned their entire time that they've been playing football how to tackle somebody, mm -hmm. how to how to you know uh, uh, tackle the legs, how to hit, um, you know how to block, all of that stuff. Their entire time they've been playing football for years and years and years. Then all of a sudden the league says, "Well, you can't do that anymore." Yeah, it's easy to change a rule, but it's hard to unlearn what you've been doing your whole life. Exactly. So it's it really that's why they had such a rough time when they really started changing these rules uh, a lot. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It was very very difficult for these players. Mm -hmm. The the safety rules. Oh, you can't put your head down when you make a tackle. Where am I supposed to put my head? Yeah, you're gonna run head up into somebody. Yeah, you've got to stop before. No, no, you. Yeah, you know, I, you, I agree you with what you're hit, saying. You can't hit the quarterback. <clears throat> the guys. You know, trained his whole life to destroy yeah, and that's the way they were taught from Pee Wee's to mm -hmm. um, Pop Warner to high school football, college, like you were saying. So at least now these kids coming up are able to learn 
the game the way it is constructed and set up now. Mm. Yeah, I'm hearkening back to when I was a kid playing Pop Warner football before I moved out here. I lived in New Jersey. So all of us, you know, the group of friends I had, we all joined and we were on the same team. And it was it was a practice. And I was playing at this point, I was a receiver. So, you know, I went out for a short pass, caught the ball, and I don't remember what happened to me after that. Because I got nailed. I got hit so hard. I, I just remember hearing that sound of plastic helmet and pads and then i was on my back and it was black and then that smell of the smelling salts oh oh Oh. shit that that woke me up and dude i didn't know where i was i had no clue they had to bring you back yeah so that was the beginning of my near-death experiences which i've had many that's pretty unbelievable yeah it was so my football career kind of like took a hit from that (laughs) like i did i got my lights knocked out i was was just a pile of bones laying there and i'll never forget that smell you got shut off yeah i I was disconnected oh god dude smelling salts yeah so that's where i'm going with the story i said that to lisa and michael we were having dinner the other day i recounted that episode and then michael goes oh smelling salts i go oh you've been knocked down he goes no we use them like if we're pre-gaming like three hours before we go out we'll pass around the smelling salts before we're ready to go and we're back to (laughs) roll. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god shit. so yeah i thought and he played high school football he was pretty good and i thought he was going to relate a story that's football related uh-uh it's pre-game and related i had a i was at a party and one of the guys i had just met there a truck driver yeah and he brought out the smelling salts just to give people an idea of what it was about Dude. And, and i knew so it's i didn't ammonia some people just brought it right up to their nose Ooh, no and i i brought it up a little bit because I, you know, I've experienced it before. Yeah, it's super, <laughs> super powerful. Yeah. Man. So I think we'll do the smelling salts challenge. We'll challenge Ben since he has a very hypersensitive schnozzle. Yeah, you we, you could kill him that way, dude. With his nose, you can be in Australia and open the the container, and he'll pass out. He can get he he can get an overdose get a of smelling salts. He smells wombat farts. You know, unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So I really did enjoy, I, I only watched the first hour or so mm-hmm. of the five and a half hour Taylor Hawkins tribute show. And I came away with a couple of things. You know, the opening montage, of course, was sweet and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed his kids often. And then I had already seen that video of his son uh, playing Pounding drums. the shit out of it. Yeah, for with Foo Fighters yeah. for his dad. Um, and it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed like Chappelle coming out there and just talking about the time that Taylor Hawkins sang um, a Queen song on uh, Saturday Night Live because they were the musical guest and Chappelle was hosting. And uh, they wanted Chappelle to go up and sing uh, Creep by Radiohead um, with the Foo Fighters. And he did. Mm -hmm. And he just talked about his experience hanging out with Taylor and the band and Taylor's son and the conversations that they had. And, you know, it, it was really, really cool to see somebody like Chappelle, who you don't really kind of put in that world, um, talk about his experience with Taylor Hawkins. And he sounded like a fan. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Not like he's this superstar comedian. He sounded like an actual regular guy who was impressed with Taylor Hawkins because he's just awesome. You know? Taylor who? Oh, Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins. 
to so the man. That was really cool. And um, and he even acknowledged his son who was sitting off stage. Yeah. Um, and then Jason Sudeikis came out. And then his other bands, Taylor Hawkins' other band, Chevy Metal, and mm-hmm. the... the um, Coattail Riders? The Coattail Riders, yeah. They Dude, came out, they I did actually, some songs. way before his death, I was getting into the Coattail Riders. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Just good, good, yeah. good rock band. Yeah. I mean, what else do you want? That's all I'm looking for. And he's a good singer. Apparently, he's a yeah. talented songwriter. And uh, that's why he and Dave, I think, had so much success with Foo Fighters. But, um, yeah, them guys came out. They brought out Kesha. Yeah. Who uh, did a great job. Another person. A very sultry yeah. act on stage where it was like, really? Great We're, outfit. She mm-hmm. looked awesome. And um, Again, what does she have to do with the Foo Fighters? But right. She was there. Another person who was kind of maybe outside of that circle musically. Um, but, you know, she said, love you, Taylor. And, you know, it's it's amazing how many people he reached in all genres of music yep. throughout his career. Yeah. And then I got up to Wolfgang. Oh, he yeah. He out. did an awesome job. He was awesome. Awesome. They played on fire. Um, was it the singer? Was it Justin uh, Hawkins from The Darkness? Yes. He sang that on fire. He Dave, sang Panama. You're right. And what was the other song? Dave um, Grohl played bass. Yeah. Oh, Wolfgang that's another guitar. thing. Just because you're noted as being a drummer slash guitar player slash now singer and bass player, there's no limit to what you can do. No, it's true. You know, and it makes you such a, a, a complete musician being able to play other instruments. I'm actually borrowing a, a guitar and, and thinking about buying a bass. Oh, yeah? I can learn you how to play because I'm I once, Dan S. Guitar Stringed Instruments dot com. Ensuring more than your future greatness, your eternal awesomeness yeah. throughout the galaxies. I once asked Ben to borrow a bass and he lent it to me and then took it back the next day. So Really? Um, yeah. He was jealous because you played better than him after one day. And working with my bands and my students, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be a little more well-rounded as far as knowing more about guitar and how to play and chords and keys and things like that. Yeah, dude, um, I'll show you that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I have a decent amount of knowledge, but I want to be able to really mm-hmm. like be involved in that part of it as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really cool. And I think multi-instrumentalists are cool. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one thing being a multi-instrumentalist that's mediocre at best, but to be professional level on all of them. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real dedication. To your music. Yeah. I mean, that's and, one of the things I really like about Dave Grohl and his attitude towards recording, playing your own instruments. Like, he said a lot of things over the years. Play your own instruments. Learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of really been trying to champion like the rock and roll thing, playing your own instruments, kids coming up, appreciating music and learning how to play instruments. Yeah. But then also it expands your brain. Yeah. Because it's another language and it's also control of your body and yeah. memory and the repetition to get speed, dexterity, accuracy, all that stuff and developing your ear. And so, to learn problem solving and how yeah, to approach things. Absolutely. And it's an outlet for being creative. We live in a world that's very structured and limits the amount of creativity that's available to everybody. I mean, right. if you don't have the natural talent to draw, paint, sculpt, you know, create with your hands, there's a different alternative. That's music. And again, you can create music. It's like these ideas come out of nowhere and they're in your head. And then next thing you know, you have a song. 
Yeah. And yeah. that's awesome. That so you can create your own soundtrack to your life. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I relate that to my students all the time, that learning to read music is like learning in another language. Mm -hmm. A language where you can communicate with other musicians. You can exchange ideas in such a way that, you know, even if we don't speak English, we don't speak the same language verbally, we can communicate with musical notes and yep. music in general. A lot of people can speak English that they learned from popular songs. They can't carry conversation, but they'll sing a song and know every word. Oh, yeah. You know? You see it in big concerts and stuff uh, in other yeah. countries. They sing the along. fans are singing along in English, whether they know English or not. No. They know those words and they know yeah. those lyrics. Imagine being the person who wrote that song that, that you're on stage in front of thousands of people different country different language and they're singing word for word and you're like holy shit it's, it's amazing. amazing yeah i know i've had that definitely magic yeah so wolfgang came out he did a great job hawkins was a huge van halen fan um and it was really really cool to see that um yeah. but that's as far as i got to no there you were know? i, I saw really a, did enjoy watching a lot it. of the other stuff i saw the whole thing and i'm not going to I'll wait until you finish, but I did see the Rush segment. Uh-huh. And those guys, you know, they have a lot in common. The uh, Foos inducted them to the Hall of Fame, and right. they lost Neil, and then they lo lost Taylor. So a lot of similarities in what they've been going through. Mm. And Taylor played YYZ with them in Toronto. Oh, okay. They invited Getty and Alex to do the song, and Taylor played drums. That was one of his, you know, biggest things. So the, the recurring theme wow, is that yeah. a lot of the people that had influenced him, that he had a chance to meet, were there playing right. with the surviving members of the band or Dave. But it's really cool that these are established people. I mean, even Paul McCartney showed up, you know, he did a song or two because, the, you know, I think uh, him, Taylor and Dave Grohl worked on some McCartney stuff. Yes, in, so, in Sound City. Yeah, so there's those relationships. And then at the end of the concert, everybody's on stage and you see Paul McCartney like, oh my God, Getty Lee. Mm. He sees Getty and he's like flips out like a fanboy. It was pretty funny because now the meme, in my hour of darkness, there's something, whatever in front of me, Getty Lee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. But it was pretty cool because they're all looking at each other like, oh, shit, I've never talked to you. Or, wow, you're awesome. I've always loved your music. And now they have an opportunity to meet each other. Yeah, it's cool when big big name musicians fan fan out over each other. other. Yeah. yeah. But what does it take? Like a tragedy like that to bring them all together? Well, I think it says a lot about who Taylor Hawkins was as a person yeah. because there are a lot of you you hear stories about huge musicians famous musicians that are kind of a dick or yeah. an asshole to people and like Richie Blackmore they keep to themselves or they don't you know but this guy obviously touched a lot of people because he was cool mm -hmm. he was open and accessible to people you know and he was he a regular was nice guy regular nice guy like Grohl extremely talented too. yeah and that says a lot about who he was as a person, mm -hmm. and I think that's awesome. Yeah, but that's the whole, that's the beauty to it. It doesn't matter. If you're that person who's really just genuinely an awesome person, who's very positive, who's always there to give a kind word or pump up your friends, you know, it doesn't matter. Nikki Six said something about that where 
you get calls from Taylor just reaffirming, you know, you're doing the right thing, giving him that confidence or, you know, being in his corner. Right. So he did that with other really big established stars. He would check in on them, call up. Oh, dude, he was 100% behind them. And that kind of a friendship, he never asked for anything. He was the guy giving that, you know? Yeah, you know, listen, musicians are real people. The road is tough. The business is tough. Yeah. Um, you know, it takes a lot to do what they do. Yep. And yeah, they've had success. But I mean, but there is a lot more to it. There's a lot of sacrifice. I hate to say there it. There is. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, we've been playing for what, like 30 years at least. Not together, but just our instruments, just playing. And imagine the life on the road and being away from your family and all the time you have to be able to perform. Right. It doesn't matter if you had a shitty night, you didn't sleep because the bus broke down, the hotel room smelled, you know, there were lights shining through, you couldn't get any sleep, or you got sick and you're struggling with a fever, but you got to go on stage because 20,000 people paid for you to go play for them. Or you break your leg or you get COVID yeah. or like all yeah, that or stuff. or whatever it is. And or stuff you miss your family because now oh it's your kid's birthday but you're on the road yeah you know? or your anniversary whatever I mean, it is all Grohl, those things you miss Grohl performed you know with a broken leg Grohl fell off the stage and came back to finish the show mm -hmm. um, and you know Jonathan Taylor from Corn uh, uh, you know he would perform in a throne with an oxygen tank next to him when he had COVID. You know, and he was still recovering from COVID and he had effects, you know, from his lungs. And like, that's what these guys did. Yeah, because the show must go on, but it does. Yeah. And I respect a lot of the musicians who, doesn't matter what's going on, they are going to play the best show they can play. Yep. And I've heard stories and read articles and books and biographies about musicians. I'm not going to say who they are, but I'm just saying, throwing up into a bucket next to the drum kit because they're hungover, but... <laughs> this show goes on. The show know. goes on. Yeah, I'm telling you, life on the road is tough at times. And, and, you know, if you're a big act and you're getting driven around and, yeah. you know, you're staying in the nicest places and all this stuff, that's one thing. But if you're, let's say, a mid-level act. No, dude, let's say you're an opening it, act that's not even anything and you're driving everywhere in a van yep. with a bunch of guys being smelly and, you know, where are we going to eat? I don't know. Let's yep. split a happy meal. Okay, who gets the fries? You know, that kind I, of shit. I don't even know if we can eat tonight. <laughs> yeah. Sell your guitar, dude. You suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, I, you know, listen. It's it's something that I think few people get to do. I think there's a yeah. very small percentage of people in the world that are musicians. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I tell my students. You guys are blessed to be able to make music. Yeah. You know, so don't don't uh, don't take this opportunity for granted, especially when you're in a school that provides you with equipment, a stage lighting, a PA uh, direction from from people who have done it before um, and a place to perform and musicians to perform with, yep. you know, your skill level, your age. Um, that's not something we had growing up. No. We, we didn't we have equipment. To, we didn't have shit. We had to we find have to each rig other. Things. Yeah. And, oh, my guitar teacher teaches this kid who plays bass, and he knows a guy who plays drums, and he knows another guitar player, so let's form a band. Okay. And that's how it was done. No exaggeration. It's this one in high school knows that one. You know this guy. That one knows that. You know, that's how it happened. That's how it was. Yeah. Not you go online and put your stuff out there. Hey, looking for a bass player, you know? And you find 50 people responding to your ad. Meanwhile, back in the day, there's only one guy who played bass in your entire high school. 
And there's good and bad on the internet. What I think is the good mm -hmm. part is that so many young people are exposed to so much music that they wouldn't have been uh, before the internet, either through their parents or friends or YouTube or movies or video games. They're um, experiencing songs that they maybe, you know, 30, 40 years ago wouldn't have had access to. Yeah. Because it's right there at your fingertips. It's right there. We would have to buy the album. Right. And, dude, that was a bitch because back then we weren't making a ton of money. It was minimum wage, like $3.50, $4.25, whatever it was. The albums were eight, nine bucks. Yeah. And if you join Columbia House, you get 12 albums for a penny, but then you're paying like $20 an album after that. That's right. So, I mean, you know, where the internet impacted music business, where you know music is free for the most part you can pay a subscription and get millions and millions of songs access uh to millions and millions of songs it does really allow a much bigger reach for music and musicians yeah. to get their music out there you but, just have to kind of figure out a different way to make money yeah but then we were talking about the algorithm and prior episodes and it's all so out of your control yet yeah in a weird way, it's not because you could also have your YouTube channel, pump out your music on that. There's you ways to get around own, it. Yeah, you can do your own thing. I just feel like it has devalued music to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always sad because I think the arts, any art, um, is, is what do they call it, without value. I mean, it's, 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 uh, what, 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 what am I trying to say? I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's, its value is beyond you know what you can what you can put into words oh yeah okay so you can't put a price tag on it you can't put it yeah right you can't put a price on the arts it's mm -hmm. just something that we need yeah. in our society we need um arts of all kinds mm -hmm. and we need to support it. lighting designers sound people all that stuff Everything. it's so important for a production of a professional show it doesn't matter if it's on broadway right. off broadway a high school production doesn't matter the same principles apply the musicianship because sometimes they use live musicians most of the time they buy a soundtrack and they work off of that but regardless they still have the lighting factor the sound and you know it teaches the kids all this stuff so folks out there please support your local theaters your local performance centers your local music schools your local uh, your schools local dance schools not only that your regular schools where kids don't have instruments get exposure for the first time um i have a drum set that i found and it's in good shape i'm thinking of donating it to one of the schools in our kids school district that's great because there are kids who don't have the opportunity to have a drum set at home that's right and why not and if it's a school you know a lot of times that one drum set is used by a whole yeah. lot of people and it falls into disrepair and disrespect and, yeah because it's so dissed. that's a great thing yeah thanks that's what i'm working on you know, you can affect... I mean, that's probably where you first played the kazoo, right? No, that's where I first started playing drums was in uh, junior high school band. Nice mic technique, then. Thanks. I hit my head against the mic just so you don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but we had a, a glut of drummers, so you hardly ever got to play. I couldn't read music, so I'd listen to the people in front of me. And when they said, oh, that was good, I'd copy exactly what they played. And, oh, that was awesome. Meanwhile... The sheet music wasn't even there. <laughs> right. That's how I faked it through junior high school band. Thank you. Well, that's how we do it, right? Yeah. 
We get along however we can. Yeah. You find a way. And you'll find that with actors and whatever. They find a way, you know, whatever it is. I think I have to hand it to people with talent, but I also have to give the word of positive approval to people who kind of like will come out with the same outcome, but found a different way to do it. You know, like you. What about me? I have to play the drum tracks and record them, and then you just like lip sync the drums. Okay. I've actually started to do this thing, which I, I'm I'm just developing it now. Playing oh, the drums for real. With the setup I have in my studio, I've began to teach students here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooking. Yes. Mm. And um, so I do instructional videos here. I do live streaming here. What I'm thinking about doing is working with my students to learn how to play songs mm-hmm. and then create a drum cover video for them of them playing the songs, mm-hmm. putting together a drum cover like you'd see on YouTube and giving them that video they could put up on their socials. That's pretty awesome. That's a great on idea. YouTube. Nobody um, else does that. Yeah. And that'll be kind of like. idea has been copyrighted by MarkZDrums.com. Copyrighted. Patent pending. Yes. So, uh, Yeah. That's what I think I'm going to do because mm-hmm. I have everything in place. And, you know, some of my students and their parents ask about recitals. And I don't have recitals, but some of my schools do. And they allow me. So to, you don't recycle? What's they, wrong with you? They allow me to bring my students in for mm-hmm. their recitals, which is awesome. But this is another way to do kind of a recital and work towards a song. Yeah, Or you get, I don't know, maybe you become friends with other instructors in the school and have an outside gig, you know? Right. Like you contact some local place that'll let you guys do it. The parents will come. Absolutely. And their friends will come and they'll spend some money at the bar or whatever it is. Just a couple of songs and the kids are gone. Yeah. And then they can resume their normal activity. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's a great idea. But dude, recitals are super important. Isn't it cool that if you can get them to play in front of people, they'll get that bug and they'll never want to stop. It's like that drug, you know, oh my God, it was so awesome. I mean, looking back at, the Killjoy stuff we did, it was like for a year we were playing every other weekend. Right. And it became so like, how can I put it? A part of your life that when you st- when I stopped, it was like, wow, there's a void, you know? Yeah, right. Even if it wasn't like selling out the, the garden, it's still playing in front of people, playing live. Absolutely. And it was fun. And that's what drove us to practice hard and to write our own songs and all that. And as a result, people like, you know, bang their heads to some stuff that we wrote. And that's awesome, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's great. And and the recitals also teach kids to walk through their fears. They yeah. get nervous. But then you teach them, yeah, nerves are part of it. You and use it nerves, to your advantage. You, you know? go and you do it anyway. And after you're done, how great does that feel? Yeah. You know, so really, yeah, recitals are awesome. So now we're coming up to like a year anniversary of this podcast. And also the last gig I did was about a year ago. And I'll tell you, I had so much fun. I mean, I sweat like 50 pounds off. That was a great show. Thank you. But it was stuff that, you know, in my past, I would never have played. Right. It was a lot of pop stuff and just classic rock. And, you know, we used to play 80s metal and then the harder stuff. And then to do that. And the audience reaction, and there were a lot of strangers we didn't know that went, and they were dancing. There were girls actually dancing to this stuff. And this is one of the songs that we played, actually. But it was a lot of fun, because I never had that reaction, because we're playing the metal scene, quote-unquote. There's just a bunch of guys hanging out and some girls, but everybody's, like, 
not the same response. So it was right. different. So that also was a big eye opener that there's, you know, the only limits you set are the ones that you set on yourself. And when it comes to music, you should be able to play everything and anything because we learned that from that tribute concert. All the songs that they played, and Grohl played so many different songs, so many different artists. Yeah. Amazing. But I'm telling you, Mark, if you went into your studio and we started playing songs like that we played 30 years ago, they would probably come back after yeah. a few mo after a few measures. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm telling you because it's so ingrained, it's so mechanical, it's in your memory banks. All that stuff, it comes back. Well, yeah, the new cover project that I'm involved in now, mm -hmm. which is something I never thought I would do, but the right people asked me, mm -hmm. and uh, I just decided to do it. And it is. It's it's one of those things that it's a lot of 80s hair metal stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I won't say specifically until we're ready to roll, but um, it's really fun, and it's awesome. And it's like you said, I already knew these songs going yeah. in just from listening for so long. Yeah. So it makes playing it so much easier because it's like this natural, oh yeah, I got this, I know this shit. And from playing metal and stuff like that all those years, now we're actually working on vocal harmonies. Mm -hmm. We're working on making sure, you know, the songs are just right, but still adding our own, you know, our, personality, our own personality to it. Personality yeah. to it, right. But and it's really been fun. Another part of the whole music education thing is appreciating the production the uh, imagination skill that it takes to write a song, but yet all the nuances of the song, all the effects in the song, the arrangement, all that stuff, the production. Right. And you're like, holy shit, this album sounds awesome. Oh, dude, the drums are so good on this. Wow, that guitar sound or that bass is sounds so crunchy. And it's yeah. gonna, you know, that's the other aspect of being a musician. You appreciate the recorded music. That's right. And you, you find incredible things that people who took the time to learn the process will do and all the other funny things that go with recording i mean the analog days i like to call it we were talking about uh metal gods and they used silverware on a tray oh the movie the no no oh the oh okay the recording of the song all yeah. these tricks oh, no, that was metal lords me no yeah that was uh metal guys <laughs> you're talking about metal gods from british steel yes Oh, okay. And they were talking about the, uh, you know, recording of that. And that, I love that, too. I miss the uh, liner notes and the stories and stuff about how the album was recorded because it puts you in that place. And you oh, kind of yeah. see that the vibe that band had at the time could have been partially because they were in England or they were in, in the Caribbean recording this or in Berlin or in Canada or in L.A., whatever. But it adds to the whole experience because now you're picturing yourself at the studio in this place and oh yeah i get it it was freaking snowing there so this album has a certain kind of warmth where there's this bright sunny song and it sounds like it was recorded in the caribbean you know and it was so it's pretty right. interesting but anyway well, the production part of it you know it astounds me what people can do amazing i will sit and watch go on youtube and you can find okay, pretty now. much you can pretty much find background behind the scenes like video footage of of a lot of different albums mm -hmm. um there's one that i have not watched on netflix about the making of uh paranoid oh yeah the black sabbath's paranoid yeah but i was just watching foo fighters in the studio mm -hmm. behind the scenes like i love that stuff me um, too 
uh, Devin Townsend. Yeah. He always does video footage of him creating his new albums. And, and it, you know, it's just because, like you said, I love to see how they did this, how they did that. And how they got that sound and what inspired them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and watching them talk in the studio and bounce ideas off each other and listen to other people doing their takes and being yeah. like, okay, that was great. Or what did you do there? You know, I think you should do it this way. Whatever it is. Super interesting. I love all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, when you're a musician, you have an ear and you pick out all this stuff. The other part of, you know, you teaching kids the collaboration as a unit when you're writing your own songs or just doing right. covers. Right. You know, it's a lot of not just me, 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 because that gets old and the rest of the band will be like, you, you, you can go, go, go. Yeah. Because you suck. Not because you can't play. It's your attitude sucks. You know, but if you're a team player and you're willing to listen to everybody's input or make it for the better of the song and forget about your ego, that's a big lesson right there. And that's a lot of what I teach my students is how to work as a team, how to listen to each other, how to help each other, mm -hmm. how to ask for help, you yeah. know, how to work on certain things, how to listen, active listening, how to listen to songs to learn them how to map them out, how to write down how many verses, how many choruses. Yeah, but see, you're, you're acting like not only the instructor, but the producer. Yeah. You know, you know you're but helping I them also, get that sound and get the song correctly down, you know. I also allow them to, you know, take care of their own business. Mm -hmm. Like somebody will, will say to me, like somebody will be noodling on the drums or something, and one of the people in the band wants to go over the song, and they'll look at me and I'll go, talk to your bandmates. Yeah. Come on, let's go. You know, somebody has to be the leader. It right. always happens. Somebody emerges. Always. And yeah. they'll say to me, what what song are we going to do? You guys figure it out. Ask your bandmates. What yeah. songs do you guys think that you need to work on first? You know, and, and teach them how to just take care of their own business uh, yeah. within the band. Yep. Yeah, so. that's really a good lesson for them. And it's also it's, a good life lesson, you know? It's super fun, dude. Yeah. I, I, Throughout my teaching career, I've realized that I'm not just teaching them how to play the drums. No. I'm teaching them how to problem solve. I'm teaching them how to approach problems. And improve their math skills, because you have to count to four repeatedly. Yes. Different speeds. Just One, teaching two, three, them how to, you know, be confident and... Mm -hmm make mistakes gracefully and like all kinds or, of life lessons or recuperate after a fatal major disaster right yeah you know, oh shit there goes a drumstick okay so then stick your arm up in the air like you meant to do it right and, and then, it happens and then pounds and then grab a stick and you know they don't know you did that by accident they think oh it's part of the show that's the other thing it's sleight of hand it's all that stuff you know mm -hmm. the audience doesn't know Let's be honest. And Nine yeah. out of ten times until there's a musician out there. Oh, dude, that was a good save. What do you mean? I meant to do that. Yeah, right. No, dude, you're an ass, but that was a good save. Yeah. We talk about the three mistakes. The mistakes, <laughs> the mistake only you know you made, the mistake the band knows you made, and the mistake everyone Everybody. knows you made. The, that's the worst one. Yeah, but it's, you know, listen, it happens. But it's live, so things happen. Mm -hmm. Again, during the Taylor concert in YYZ, I think Lifeson was playing out of key the first time I've ever heard him F up. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck? And you yeah. see Gay Lee look at him, and Lifeson's like, oh shit. And then he goes back to <laughs> playing the right way. Right. But it was funny because he just, like, nothing happened. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what I teach my kids. Don't stop. No. Don't draw attention Dude, to it. Remember just keep going. When my band was playing, and I don't know what song it was, but 
somebody effed it up and somebody who plays the same instrument you play stopped yeah. playing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah, I remember don't do that. that. <laughs> no, no bueno. Never, ever, ever, kids, ever, ever stop playing. I had a student. He was about seven at the time. He played in a recital. And I told him beforehand, I said, whatever happens, just play. Just have fun. If you make a mistake, don't stop. Keep going. And he came off stage. And he didn't want to do it at first. But... Uh, <laughs> He, but I said to him, listen, I said, I understand that you're nervous and you don't want to do it. I said, but the reason why I want you to play the recital is so that everybody knows what a great teacher I am. <laughs> and he looked at me and he thought for a second, he goes, you know what? I want to do it. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't believe that worked. So he played the show. He came, he comes off stage and he goes, guess what? I go, what? He goes, I made a mistake, but I didn't stop. I was like, awesome, awesome dude. Yeah. I was like, did you have fun? He's like, it was so fun. So, like, those kind of moments are awesome. Yeah, but that's the genuine teacher-student moment where it all goes the right way. Even when it didn't go the right way, it all ends up good. So yeah, that's great. absolutely. Yeah, when we were growing up, we never had that. God, it was so different. Very different. Yeah. I mean, we would scrounge for parts to build a speaker cabinet because you blew out a speaker. So you go to Radio Shack and buy this piece of crap speaker and go through <laughs> yeah. a home stereo. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, or, well, it's good enough. At least it yeah. works. Hey, it makes a sound. Okay. Can you play this? Yeah. I used to repair my own drums. I used to modify my own yeah. drums. And I remember the Alex Van Halen stripes. The stripes. Yeah. I put numbers cool, on them like though. Alex. Yeah. That was cool. I like that. But then again, see, you're doing stuff to create your own thing. And there wasn't a store you can go to and buy the tape. There wasn't a store that you can buy the fake skin things that you right. put over uh, the shelves. And you had to get a piece of tape. You have to paint it. You know, you'd hand paint the bass drum head. Yeah. Like, I remember there was a, a Who. They called it the Pictures of Lily drum set, where Keith Moon had this really intricate painting on the two kicks. Right. And I saw somebody who did that, but it was hand painted. Wow, From a distance, cool. it looked great, but you get up close and it was a little gnarly. But, dude, <laughs> that's what people did. Just like the denim jackets with the band album covers. Yeah. All by hand. And remember, people, Larry had one. He had uh, stained glass yeah, yeah. on the back of his jacket. I remember in high school, that's you really know, cool. guys with British steel. I think he steel. did it. I think what? he painted it himself. Yeah. Uh, I, you remember John, what is it? John. Oh, shit. I forgot his name. Anyway, he was the guy in our school who painted all the uh, shirts and uh, painted okay. all the jackets. John, what the hell was his name? He even painted BTJ's Jungle. Smith? No. Jones? David or something. John David or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, his thing was all the album covers of Van Halen logo on the the denim jacket, the black background, the VH. That was thing. very popular. Yeah. yeah, that one. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I remember Pete Ratto had that. Just name a name, folks. And, you know, it was cool. Everybody would try to outdo each other with a different band album cover. But those were the days that where you had to learn how to do stuff on your own. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah. It I mean, I used to put headphones on and play along the Kiss records. Yeah. Actual records. Yep. On the stereo and, and play drums and just figure out what the hell he was doing. Yeah. But that's how it starts. Yep. But anyway, we're winding down now because I'm exhausted. Yeah, we're winding down and so are the Giants, unfortunately. Yeah. We're in the fourth quarter with seven and a half to play, and they're losing 20 to 13. After mm -hmm. uh, 
after being tied 6 6. Yeah. So let's see. The Giants, then are on the Giants the move. took the lead. It was 13 to 6. And then Dallas tied it up. And then Dallas took the lead. Oh, come on, oh, dude. Oh, wow. Another drop. Wow. He dropped it. You At least it wasn't suck. a fumble. Yeah, well, I thought it was. I thought the ref signaled Dallas ball. Oh, oh dude. Oh, that was awful. Oh, he sucks. That was a perfectly placed pass, yeah. too. Galladay. Kenny Galladay. It's no holiday for Galladay. Sit down. Sit down, put the helmet down, and yell at yourself. Find a you mirror. You can definitely, watching this game, you could definitely tell the Giants are missing something. Yeah. They're making some positive plays. They're gaining some yards. But there's that spark that's there's missing. something that's missing. I think they're on the cusp of being actually mediocre or yeah. good. But look at wow, this. Wow, this just, is not helping. No. Terrible special teams play. Wow. Oh. And on that note, You've Judge hasn't listening. hit his home run yet. Oh. Steelers are... When, what were they playing this week? They're playing the Jets this week. Okay, it's a win for the Steelers. All right. Yeah, not necessarily. Dude, the Jets have been horrific. I mean, yeah, but they beat the Steelers before when they were horrific and the Steelers yeah, were Yeah, but decent. don't you think the Steelers are a better team? Uh, absolutely. There you go. But they always play the Steelers tough for some reason, the Jets. Mm. We've had I, a I long have no history. confidence in the Jets, that's all. Yeah, I hope you're right, man, because we, we definitely need that win, the Steelers. Yeah. The other guys in your division, mm. it's not going to be easy. But it never no, is in that division. Not. That's a not. tough division. Always a tough division, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Well, it's not like these crappy-ass divisions like the NFC East. You know, they suck. All the teams from top to bottom are AFC crap East. teams. AFC East has the Bills and Miami. Well, now, yeah. Now, over the last few years. Yeah, I'm talking about this East. year, though. And, you know, now we're going back to football from Taylor to football. Go watch the Taylor show. You love it. It's great. It's it's emotional roller coaster it's type really thing. It's really great. You know, we're counting on Ben to put in his take, but he had a really weird way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, we'll take. We'll. T I think we'll talk more about it. Yeah, because I think we should with him because again, he has a different take on it. Yeah. He's very not emotional about it, but mechanical. Like, right. oh well, why don't they have this guy play, and why shouldn't it? You know. Whatever. Yeah, he was curious about whether or not the guys from Rush, the surviving members of Rush, would be playing together or with other people. Yeah. And I just said, I don't know. That's that's the but whole that's intrigue the whole thing. of it. They mixed and matched and different people played. And, you know, Omar Hakim played drums. Yeah. On YYZ, which Alex was playing oh, did in he? the wrong. Okay. Yeah. He was playing in the wrong Because he played earlier with uh yeah. with uh Nigel uh Tough Now. Tough Now. He played with uh, the singer from Queens of the Stone Age. He did a couple of Bowie yes. songs. Yes, And yes, uh, yes. Nile Rogers, which well, I love Nile Rogers. Omar Hakim played on Let's Yes, Dance. yes, absolutely. And that's where I first heard him. One and of I love that drum sound. That drum yeah, sound was awesome yeah, at the time. Yeah, that drum sound was awesome. It was just such an awesome, cool drum sound. Just like they were talking about Iron Maiden when Nico joined the band. Mm -hmm. The drum sound was amazing. Yeah. Really, really great drum sound from What Nico. was the old drummer's name? Clive. Clive Burr? Yeah, that's it. Clive Aaron Barker. Burr's cousin. Yeah. And, you know, he had a sound, but it was very hollow sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. But Nico Nico's came drum in, sets, like, it was it a sound full was really sounding. Great. And he was just a better drummer, you know? Yeah. And he was the drum tech for the band. Yeah. So, I don't know what happened to, to Clive. Was he sick at the time, or they just decided to move on? 
I don't know the history of that. Mm. Because they still do benefits for them and stuff. Oh, okay. So they're not like at odds. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, like Paul Diano and them. They don't, I think they just recently got on speaking terms. I don't know. Uh huh. But that's another thing. What did they say to each other? Hello. Hello, governor. Yeah. No, no governor because they don't have a governor. Anyway, so that's yeah. What they say in the UK. Yeah. Hello, but, governor. Yeah, right. If you say that in the UK, they will beat the crap out of you. Not me. Yeah, especially you. They'll be like, who's this dorky American? Can't be Canadian. I'll say, He's bring American. it, blokes. Yeah, bring it, blokes. <laughs> You'll be blottered, blottered, bladdered, and splattered, bloke. You're a joke, bloke. I don't know. That's one of the bucket Fancy list things. brawl. Dude, I'd like to go to the UK, go to England, go to Scotland, and chill in Ireland. Yeah, that would be awesome. I definitely want to go to Ireland. That's one of my things. You've been listening to the Drinking with Friends podcast, podcast with Dan and Mark. Not Ben. Not Ben. This is a Ben-free show. Hopefully Ben will return next week. And if not, we can get another guest starring dog to put in the same amount of input as Ben did. Hopefully we will be back next week. Who knows? Who knows? We've been off a month. Yeah, and we're coming and, up to uh, our year anniversary. We apologize, but you know, life happens, things yeah. happen. We're coming up to our year anniversary. And we're going to have a big celebration, special anniversary show. Probably not. But we're going to have a big anniversary <laughs> well, special show. Well, you and I show. can. <laughs> we'll invite we Ben, can. but who knows? Ben's you know, life invite, is just moving too we fast. We should invite members of Ben's family to participate as Ben. We were supposed to have so many guests. Maybe for the one-year anniversary, we'll have a guest or two. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll just get other people. Who knows? The ghost of Ronnie James Dio. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. We love you all. Sometimes. And some of you all the time. And all of you. Well. Time's We're up. trying to end the show down. I can't. It's like I'm addicted to talking. It's terrible. You got the first part right. You're a dick? <laughs> oh, I, we're, he is shot. I'm shot. But it just we can't stop. It's like that adrenaline rush. I can stop. Watch. I'm okay. going to stop Bye. right now. Bye, everybody. We love you See all. See you.